and I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. And the winner is a splashing envelope. Mom, Dad, there's no way that I can express to you what I'm feeling right now. My heart is full to bursting, except to say, I'm the king of the world! Hello, and welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look on our podcast and search for Substandard. You will easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word, and leave a review. Uh, we're grateful for all those reviews. Every review keeps us alive at least for another week, so thank you very much. Uh, in addition, we Put us out of our misery. <laughs> in addition, we'd also like to uh, remind you that uh, Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Gentlemen, how are we? JVL is back in the house. Good to see you. How are you feeling? I'm back. I am great. The sun is shining. It is a, it is a great day to be alive. Oh, That's I'm, how good I am. You're just happy to be alive. Everybody has turned the corner in my house. Everybody is basically healthy. Everyone in the, had the flu except for me. I stayed strong. I didn't uh, get the flu. Because of, I'm convinced, my chauffeur the extra vitamin C. Filled with vitamins. The extra vitamin C from the chauffeur mm-hmm. kept me immune. And we then had secondary infections. We have My wife has bronchitis. Two of the kids had ear infections. But we passed it all. It was only two weeks of hell. And uh, and now I'm here with you, gentlemen. Yay. The, uh, yes, the, the chauffeur solution is very, pretty much what the... Uh, yeah, alcoholics say when they drink the screwdrivers and Bloody Marys all the time. I'm drinking it for the tomato juice. <laughs> it's got all Would the. Would you uh, say that's the f- final solution to <laughs> getting rid of <laughs> the, the flu? The end so- Vic, your We're, favorite, you know, your favorite you know, solution. It's funny. Uh, I was once at listening to some talk at AEI, and it was uh, uh, the then leader, I think, of Serbia. I'm not going to get his name right, and I'll, I'll get it, if I get it wrong, I'll be in a lot of trouble. But um, a, an important politician from Serbia was talking about the situation in the Balkans, and this is like 20 years ago. And, of course, his English was not that good, and he kept on talking about the search for a final solution mm. for the Balkans. Mm. And uh, <laughs> everyone got very nervous. Awkward. Yes. Uh, Sonny, uh, how are you doing? You texted us. You were in a state about something the other day in the news. What is going on? Uh, so I am all fired up about the reports about Mel Gibson being uh, considered for the next Suicide Squad movie, to considered to, to fill the director's chair. Um, here's the thing about this story. It was a big thing. It was uh, it was on all the nerd blogs. Everybody Wait, they can't talking. let him do that. Everybody was talking about he's it. A, he's a bad person so, like, who thinks the wrong thing. We'll get to that. We'll get to that first. First, we need to just, like, uh, for a second, acknowledge the absurdity of this whole situation there's a 0.0% chance that DC is going to give the Suicide Squad series to Mel Gibson Mel Gibson doesn't make PG-13 movies Mel Gibson hates superhero movies he is like gone on the record as saying that they're stupid and silly and, and crap uh 
And when it, when it was floated for a little bit that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was saying the only way he would make another Iron Man movie is if Mel Gibson directed, trying to give his boy Mel a hands up because Mel was there for Robert Downey Jr. when Robert Downey Jr. was in some, some trouble with the, uh, the police and PC police and others. Uh, uh, he was like, uh, it's, it's all a bit silly, isn't it, mate? Or, you know, whatever, in his fake Australian. He's not actually Australian. Did you know that? He's an American. He, like, moved to Australia. Yeah, so, so you mean Bill Gibson. Australian. You're talking about Bill Gibson. Yeah. yeah, I think he was born uh, in New York. Yeah. Anyway, so this whole story is ridiculous, but it create it, it it's like a perfect microcosm for the awfulness of the uh, entertainment industry reporting segment of the media because you have this headline... Mel Gibson in talks to direct Suicide Squad, which then leads to about 50 other blogs just writing up the Hollywood Reporter report about Mel Gibson being in talks, which then leads to the second day stories of, well, would he, wouldn't he? Which leads to the third day stories of, uh, well, you know, he's a bad person, so we can't, we, it's very problematic that we would give this to Mel Gibson. Aren't there any lady directors out there who could direct the Suicide Squad movie or... You know, maybe Justin Lin. I don't know. So, oh, uh, yes, of course. You know, so, yeah. so it like it 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 creates it's it's this kind of perfect representation of everything that is terrible with the media. A fake, a totally fake, bogus story. I don't care if Mel said this week or at the end of last week he was like, "Yeah, we're on." You know, I would say we're on a first date. There's a zero percent chance he's going to direct this movie. Uh, he's being used as leverage, and he knows he's being used as leverage to get a lesser director to sign uh, for a cheaper deal, and. Uh, on top of that, maybe he's getting something out of Warner's, like they'll take a first look at his next movie or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. He's probably agreeing to do it because the lesser director they're trying to go after and pressure to take less money is a woman. Or possibly. He's probably agreeing <laughs> possibly to be part Jewish. of this. Or possibly a Jewish <laughs> woman. <laughs> and so he is happy right. to be used exactly. to drive their price down. Exactly. You know so, what? Uh, but God, anyway, it's so this, typical. This, this is just, this is, it has been driving me bonkers all week. It's like a, it, you couldn't like come up with a, st- and the sad thing is, the sad thing is Mel Gibson would be a fantastic director for Suicide Squad. I would see that Mel, movie in a heartbeat. Mel Gibson, imagine, <laughs> imagine a Mel Gibson directed uh, Shane Black scripted Suicide Squad movie, R-rated, God, hundred so million good. dollars. I would, I it would be fantastic. It would be the best superhero movie of all time. Refresh my memory: Who directed Suicide Squads? David Ayer, who directed Street Kings. All right, uh, End of Watch. He's really great. I like David Ayer a lot. Suicide Squad is an unholy mess. It's one of the so worst d- movies. Will I actually want? Really, a Grantland, I guess we don't have Grantland anymore, uh, a... The Ringer? Ringer-style oral history of Suicide Squad, because that movie is such a mess that there must be a very interesting story as to what happened, right? I mean, you can't... Look, that was made by a bunch of competent, smart people who vaguely knew what they were doing and clearly had an idea about what they were doing, and it, it, it looks incompetently made, which it can't be. So something happened, and I would like to know what that is, and I hope we get that story and oral history of it done and sometime in the next I couple mean, of years. And you're talking about juggling all these uh, various egos, you know, on set. I mean, you had all the, the huge cast of characters, lots of you know, A-list stars, and trying to deal with them. I'm sure there's great. Not only about one that. A-list star, though, right? I mean, I mean, only really, you Will had Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, Will, Will Smith. Smith. Margot Mar- Mar- Robbie is not. Didn't Jared not Leto win an Oscar? Jared Leto did. Jared Leto's you know, not an A-list star. This is well, it's a good question. Is Jared Leto a list? No, he's not an A list. All right. So anyway, uh, the the you're right though. This movie is this movie is bad in interesting ways. It's 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 so 
incompetently made with so many scenes repeating themselves over and over, like introducing the concept of the Suicide Squad. They do it three times. They do it three times. There's the guy who's, there's Rope Man. There's Rope Knot Man who is like introduced. Slipknot. 30 seconds later, blown up because they were, it's like, it's almost like somebody uh, in post-production was like, oh, Oh crap! We need uh, we need to remind these guys that anybody can die at any Get time. Get up the stakes. So let's let's just let's introduce this guy and then immediately murder him, and everyone will be like, "Oh yeah, this is totally uh, legit. Anything could happen." Uh, it's 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 bad in and of course there is the whole like missing Joker plot. Like there's there's reportedly 15 minutes of Joker footage somewhere. Like he was supposedly the big villain. The real problem with this movie, and I know this is a pet peeve of yours, is that they introduced magic. Yes. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Enchantress makes no sense as a villain just because she can do anything. She, her, her powers have no limits. And so when she is defeated, it feels totally arbitrary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to be honest, not enough Viola Davis. She's great. She's she fabulous. More of it. Give me more. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Truth be told, I want a Suicide Squad movie, half of which is her. Sure. I could do that. Wow. Shit. You know who would be great at directing uh, Viola strong, Davis? Strong Mel Gibson. Woman? Mel Gibson. <laughs> I was going to say Brett Ratner. No. <laughs> oh boy. So I, I, your your big your big complaint, Sonny, ultimately is uh, Hollywood fake news. Fake news. Fake news Something out of Hollywood. Happened? There's a fake news ecosystem that uh, perpetrates. This is why one of my favorite uh, uh, Twitter accounts is the movie the uh, quick the movie clickbait account, where they just take all of the awful slash film. Film rocks, up rocks, film drunk, mm. blah blah blah, and they just they just tell you what the actual answer to their dumb headlines. Uh, yeah, I'm, thanks. You should really insult all those websites. That's great. They don't listen to us. Who cares? <laughs> Yet uh, I was thinking, you know, geez, you know, Mel Gibson has a lot on his plate this week. I'm sure because he's got uh, his a uh, movie and himself direct uh, as uh, nominees for Oscar. And speaking of which, I uh, bet he wins the Oscar is this Sunday. <laughs> that would be something, yeah, wouldn't it? That would be that a, would be something. So that would uh, be an upset. And, and this is our uh, Oscars episode. Uh, did you have any thoughts about the current Oscar situation, or are we all assuming it's who La could La possibly La, win? It's La La Land because Hollywood loves Hollywood, right? Yeah. Isn't that the, the Upshot blogs? Are we overthinking? Model are we overthinking says it? that there's a 99.5 percent chance that La La Land wins, and we know how that's worked out yes. so far <laughs> this year. Yeah. So what you're saying is Hacksaw Ridge? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I would no, say that La La, La, Land, La, La right? Land will win. I mean, La La Land has won all of the major Guild Awards. It's won, you know, as an indicator. Yeah, and I, musicals always win at this stage. That's the the other rule of thumb here is when a musical gets to this stage of the voting, they always win. Yeah. I think Chicago Chicago won. Chicago, right? Chicago, Chicago won. won. Yeah, but not, Mama Mia, we joke about, but I don't wasn't nominated. I, it was not, wasn't no, nominated. No, no, no. No. Uh, Although Stellan Skarsgård and Mama Mia, that alone is worth something. I, I mean, I would I would say the biggest chance for an upset is in Best Actor. It has been assumed for a long time that Casey Affleck is definitely going to win. Uh, but I think Denzel Washington winning Best Actor at the SAGs is a mm. strong indicator that Casey Affleck might be in some trouble. I'm a fan of Denzel Washington. So Everyone in I'm Hollywood is a fan of Denzel Washington, and nobody really likes Casey Affleck. 
so I heard something about this yeah, in the news, but I didn't know if that was fake news or not. Well, you know, it's probably but, fake news, uh, but nobody, nobody allegations like of it. harassment, right? Yeah, this is mm. that's been in the news, but, but and Denzel Washington loves the troops. We all know that Denzel too. Washington so loves go. the troops, loves the kids, loves the actors. Yeah. He just no, everyone. That guy is such a movie star. He really is. I mean, such a movie star. He just and and he's actually and he's also extremely good in fences. He's uh he is. He's doing he's doing a lot of acting. There's a lot of, you know, real monologue, you know, oh, look if, at me if, making faces. If if you sort of sort of I'm looking at your face now. I was good. Uh, uh, that could I'm going to give you an Oscar. Uh woo. there was uh, uh that Hollywood reporter of those uh videos that they did where they get various nominees together in a room and discuss and the really interesting one I thought was where they had all the directors uh interesting directors in one room uh to discuss uh anything they wanted to talk about, and it was Mel Gibson, Oliver Stone, uh, Denzel Washington was there, and I guess... He directed Dam- Yeah, and Damien Chazelle, and, and maybe I'm missing a couple others, but uh, it was interesting to see the dynamic if you're just watching, you know, Mel Gibson and Denzel Washington, they seem to get along very well. I mean, it's just, it's just interesting, you know, and it just seems like a very likable guy, Denzel Washington. Um, anyway... Does Mel Gibson call any of the people there sugar tits? It was very. I think. I think some people were scared. I think David Chazelle might have been scared or intimidated. I mean, you know, well, Mel Gibson is like full on crazy beard, right? Yeah, now. he's I got mean, the he, Saddam he's got beard. Like he, yeah. he just he looks like an insane person. Yeah. So, well, we now know that Martin Riggs is him, right? Him. I mean, he's yeah. essentially Martin Basically. Riggs, right? Basically. Love Martin Riggs. So, uh, so we were thinking uh, at the substandard here, we were going to talk instead of the current Oscars about, let's just say, the last fifty years. 50 years. Oscars. Since, since movies made in 1967. Or 66, so. Right. 67. And we're going to go year by year. <laughs> so brace yeah. yourself. Spending 10 minutes on each year. Yes. We, this would be great for your cross-country trip. Um, and what we were going to do- For the record, is, we're not going to do that. Please don't turn us off. Uh, I was going to talk about sort of the more basic sort of which best picture films did I think deserve to win best picture. Happy ending. They got it. I have no issue with it. And uh, this is why I thought they should get these. Wait, uh, I thought you were doing the, the best best picture winners. Best best picture. That's right. Best, okay. Best and it's a ranking, right? You have a uh, definitive oh, ranking. Uh, well, we'll see. Are you doing it, a ranking? or Because I just have mine by uh, uh, chronological. Mine I is chronological. to rank these definitively. Mine is chronological. I want a definitive Sagarin uh, ranking. Sort of. Okay. We'll Where's the upshot? Can we get the upshot away on, on this? <laughs> and and uh, hey Nate, we need your help. And then and then we'll move on from there to uh, movies we believe <clears throat> were uh, did not deserve, and then the movies that were overlooked. So um, so we're doing best best picture yeah, I'm winners. Ta- I'm going to talk we're about doing best, best picture. worst best picture winners, and then, and then we're doing then who's the people, the films that should have won best picture. Not just films, Sonny. I think uh, you'll agree with this. Not just films that were nominated and didn't win, but some films that weren't nominated at all. It should have won that year. I think, right? Or you just uh, are you, were you just selecting from the list yes. of nominees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. everything, yeah. everything. Surprising. Certain films that were not, not yeah. in retrospect. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll get there. That's right. Okay. So, uh, again, um, uh, my thoughts on best best picture uh, winners of the last fifty years. I would say number one and number two. No surprise. No surprise would be The Godfather in 1972 and The Godfather Part Two, 1974. The parameter I used for best best picture winner was the first thing that came to my mind. What deserves the best picture? Is it sweeping? 
It doesn't have to be the most expensive film. Certainly, we know some of the greatest, most expensive films of all time are also the greatest flops. And so uh, that's not, you know, the ultimate uh, decider in this. But is it sweeping like Lawrence of Arabia sweeping and Gone with the Wind from 1939 is sweeping and Godfather and Godfather Part Two? That's sweeping. It's great. And it's both it's generational and it's also all over the it's all over the map. If you it, it, it sort of. If you take you combine the two of them, right, uh, Godfather and Godfather Part Two, you begin in early 1900 Sicily and all the way up to Batista's, Batista's Cuba in the late 1950s, and it's it's everything, and it's it's a terrific cast, uh, it's great writing, which is important, and uh, and it's visually beautiful. I don't really think you need to make a case for no, Godfather. I'm, this and is Godfather why I'm sort of going to end right there. Okay, 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 so for that, all right, next on my list. Patton, 1970. That's a big film. It takes a lot of time. I believe Patton is about three hours. I could be wrong. It's oh, hard. we're just ranking them by length. Yeah, I mean, you you really do. Is that is that what we're doing? No. I'm, let me continue. Uh, Did it take 12 years to film? It, because I have a, no, I have. I know a, you have. Yes, yes, no. Uh, and I thought Patton was great. George C. Scott gives a terrific performance. Carl Malden, uh, I believe, is Omar Bradley is wonderful. It was directed by Frank Schaffner, and I was going to say, well, you know, I don't know any, I don't know how many people know who Frank Schaffner is today. And you look back, though, and he had a considerable amount of uh, impressive work. He did Patton in 1970, and then he did Planet of the Apes in 68. He did uh, Papillon uh, with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Um, And and he did several other uh, great films. Uh, through that time, I'm forgetting uh, some of the big ones. But more importantly, Patton not only it swept uh, that year for the Oscars, right? It took everything, including George C. Scott, deservedly. But it also won for best screenplay. And who took the award? For Francis Pat- Ford Coppola. Thank you, Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. And two years later, of course, he came into his own. All right. Next on my list is uh, Schindler's List from 1993. Uh, it is hard to do a film like this. And with the pressures of doing something that's Holocaust, but not every, you know, it's not that every Holocaust, there's been a ton of Holocaust films that have been done that haven't done well, obviously, The Boy in Straight Pajamas. The Robin Williams one, right? Everybody had, Jacob the Liar. Jacob the Liar, yeah. Everybody had to get in on, in on that. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> what's sorry. the Jerry Lewis one? The one where he's the clown? In, oh my uh, gosh. In Auschwitz or whatever? Oh my gosh, Jerry Lewis! Yeah, don't you, oh, have you guys never heard this oh story? What? It's there's. there's <laughs> well, you just no, keep no, going. I'll go to IMDb. I'm about to, it's, I'm it's about to lost, get depressed. It's a, it's a lost movie. It's never been released, uh, and I believe the only person. Uh, they, they, no, they, I they, there was they, a reason they, they why it, it got lost. They sent it to the Library of Congress or somewhere. It's It will be released like 50 years after Jerry <laughs> after Lewis's death. But the Day the Clown Cried? The Day the Clown Cried. Wow. It's a movie where Jerry Lewis plays a clown in a concentration camp who uh, has to make the children happy as they're being led into gas chambers. Oh. That's the movie. That's the movie. Unreleased 1972 American 1972. drama film. Directed, directed by and, and starring Jerry Lewis. Oh my God. Oh, you know yeah, what? I'm not Show notes. Sure. <laughs> show notes. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to chill up my spine. Guys, we'll see. We'll see you at eleven o'clock on Friday right. for show notes. Yeah. It was what was amazing about Schindler's List is it's it, you can't just show you know an entire movie about let's say 
the liquidation of, 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 of the ghetto in Krakow, and that's it. And there is a large chunk of that movie yeah. that is, in fact, that it starts with the speech by Ray Fiennes about today is history, and it's yeah. going to be, you know, this the whole thing. It's going to be 300 years of history is, will be a rumor, and it's horrific, and it's intense. I mean, you're, you know, you're, like, sweating. Watch, I watched this movie in Vienna, Austria at the time, and you could hear a pin drop because of obvious Austrian guilt, even though a lot of Austrians say, well, you know, we were invaded. But they felt it, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. There was they a, were the first victim. They were the first yeah, victim, really. Really, there was, really, in many ways, the greatest victims. There was there is a line. Uh, the two great actors in this movie, in my opinion, are Ben Kingsley, as it's like Stern, and Ray Fiennes, who I'd never seen him before. I guess he did a lot of stage, obviously, Shakespearean actor, but I had never seen him on television, uh, on movies, in film until uh, Schindler's List, and he plays Amon Gutt, the, uh, the, the the camp director, the Untersturmführer. And uh, he, there's a line at the end where things are falling apart and everyone's got to make a run for it because the war is going to end, and Schindler says to Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, uh, who plays Oscar Schindler. Oscar Schindler, is trying to convince him, give me your maid, the Jewish maid. Just how much is she worth? I'll take her with me. And he wanted to keep her and probably, you know, kill her ultimately. But he had this weird love-hate relationship with her. Ray finds it was very complex characters. And and he says to her, he says to um, Oscar Schindler, nah, you know, I want to take her back home with me to Vienna. And I was in Vienna when he makes that line, and everyone sort of groans and grumbles and looks down. You could feel like the embarrassment. <laughs> of course, he's from Vienna, no. you know, because a lot of these SS officers were Austrian. Uh, anyway, so there was that. But here's the other thing: it's hard filming in black and white. It just is, as you know. I mean, other, as I know, as I, you know, I, you're I, a film all, expert, from all, Sonny. From all the black seen, and white movies that I've shot, which is about I five, agree, you know, the five black and white movies you've seen. The you know the you know it's hard. The five black and white movies the, you've seen with the light it is. and uh, I have to. I mean, a lot of these old black and white film movies, speeds. Yes, a lot of these black and white movies I've seen. The old ones, uh, they put me to sleep. The color. And a lot of this obviously is that it's now. You've never watched black and white with subtitles, have you? you? No. <laughs> yes, and and I haven't. Act, I mean, obviously, maybe it looked different at the time, but uh, the other weekend, uh, over the weekend, I saw the movie Laura from 1944, Otto Preminger, and the colors. It's just everything is gray. I fell asleep three times in this movie, and when you watch Oscar, uh, when you watch Schindler's List. Even though it's black and white, you forget that it's black and white. It's that good because is the, it the, the country. Yes, Janusz Kaminski. Kaminski. Yeah, Kaminski. 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 And yeah. the colors Kaminsky. are so stark. And for example, Spielberg, like a lot of great directors, knew you're not supposed to have. You can't have green in black and white because green throws everything off. So there's like no green on set. Uh, but he knew all these things. So the lights, the, the contrasts between light and dark are. Um, it's very rich. And the other thing is this. Spielberg actually, I mean, again, everybody is complicated in, in, in Schindler's List, but he also intersperses these heavy, dark scenes with levity. And there's a scene, and I'll send it uh, to you for show notes, JVL, of Oscar Schindler having to hire a typist. And it's fantastic. And it's funny and it's lighted because you just can't go through two and a half hours. Yeah, when that Italian guy comes in and starts like talking funny to make the kids laugh, or is that a different Holocaust movie? What is that? Roberto Benini, the tragic clown. I left that out. Did that not win? I can't remember anymore. Didn't win. Thank God. The Pope liked it. The Pope liked it. Your Pope liked it. Which one? Your Pope. JP two. Okay, and lastly, here's my controversial pick: best picture that I thought really deserved best picture, and I'll just throw it out there. Okay, I know it's crazy. Titanic. Crazy, I know. But if you take out, oh, I see not crazy at all. Okay, no, that's not, not crazy, crazy at all. No, if you crazy. take out the ridiculous 
story, dialogue. Um, Danny Nucci as the Italian friend of uh, of Jack. Remember his, his name? I think is Fabio. Yeah, <laughs> bastardo. You know, I mean, it's just mm. way over the top. And the Irishman who is way over the top. But that's how Irish. they talk. That's how they. That's right. That's how they talk. Talked that's at the, how they talk. The time. Attention to detail. Was it sweeping? Yes. The last scene. Well, you know, all the China was. I mean, he had everything. There was. And remember, there was a time, JVL, when you and I were in the office and Titanic had not come out yet, and all the buzz was about how it's way over budget and there's no way it's going... Fake news. <laughs> there was Variety ran, Daily Variety ran, a Titanic watch where it was, uh, it w- help me, on a magazine, top of the page, above the above the, the, the name of yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. Whatever yeah. that bar is called. We've mm-hmm. called a slash, slash. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they had a Titanic watch slash running on top of Daily Variety. I forget whether it was every day mm-hmm. or just sort of a regular whenever there. And it was everyone was assuming that this was going to be the next Ishtar, the yes. next Heaven's Gate. Yes, exactly. And all if you think back on it and you want to talk about sweeping, the scene where the ship goes down and everybody's in the water. And it pans out like it's the Atlanta train station and gone with the wind. It's very impressive. They had to digitally, as you know, add the breaths uh, to everybody. And that was a new thing at the time, which was, what, 1997. It was kind of new to see mm-hmm. that weird breath effect. And it looks kind of fake now if you look at it because it's overdone. Yeah. But remember, all these people were floating around for hours in the Gulf of Mexico, I think, while they were filming this. It was the tank, right? I mean, they had a tank down in there, in, yeah. by the Gulf yeah, of yeah, Mexico. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other question is, does a film hold up? And I'll tell you which film holds up. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. But that's already number six for me, so that's honorable mention. The scene of Lecter's escape and everything that follows is still, uh, to me, um, still shocking. So uh, yeah. it, it really works. It's amazing how much things would have been different now had uh, uh, Clarice Starling had a cell phone. <laughs> the movie would have ended sure. much differently, but um, uh, it's all movies. Yeah, they were texted, "Get out!" You know, that's what Scott Glenn would have said. Uh, so that's my thought. I would uh, also uh, what almost made honorable mention was um, the Last Emperor, and I really liked it. It's yes, against sweeping, but um, I didn't realize that year was also Empire of the Sun, and I think it should have gone there. But that's an entirely different subject, so I'm going to pass it on now. To Jonathan V. Last. You no, know, I want to talk about your list. Oh, I, I, one of the things that I find remarkable is how hard it is to cobble together a list of even 10 legitimately great movies from the last 50 Best Picture winners. Uh, now, I skipped many years. Right now, I mean, there are lots of years when you just look and you say, really, that yeah. was, was Best Picture? Yeah. So, what do you, I and mean, what is, for me, my criteria, I have a slightly different criteria from you, and mine would, mine would be, is the movie still vibrant today? Yeah. So still is this up. a movie that you would take and sit down and watch and enjoy and find things that are interesting in today? Uh, the Godfather movies, obviously. Uh, but so, so let's try to get even 10, right? So Godfather 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Unforgiven, yeah. I would say. Silence yes. of the Lambs, yes. yes. Gladiator, yes. Yeah. The Departed, mm. which is a legitimately great movie, I think. Mm. Uh, Annie Hall. French Connection, yeah, Titanic, and then also like what you know, Patton, I guess Schindler's List. I mean, but, but like we're now stretching yeah. to get. Well, I mean, Schindler's List isn't uh, like a cl- crowd pleasing. Schindler's List is art and yes. not, not really. It is, a, like, is an, an movie. important movie. It's an important. It is movie. an important. Well, it's movie. an important. It's also but shot also, beautifully. Also, also, it's a really great movie and everything. Movie. Yes, I mean, but it's an important movie, movie and not. It's almost weird. 
it's almost weird to consider it by the same terms of everything else. It's and also weird because it's not like you're flipping through channels and you come across Schindler's List. The way hey, we TNT do, is airing the way, the way we do Brave, List. the way we do Braveheart, right. which right. is the best picture winner. So I, I, I think it is hard to to find even ten legitimately you find a bunch of good movies, but mm. like ten legitimately great movies from this list, which just shows how flawed the Oscars are. I just couldn't as a find. Concept. I couldn't yeah. find ten. I couldn't find ten. Sonny, your thoughts. Uh, I uh, I have some thoughts, but I I, w- I want to do my list first before I really all right share fine them. Okay. all right so I'm going to talk about the, the the worst ever wait wait no are we I wait, I, I, I thought you were going to give your you're not going to give your, I, I I do have a list of five best yeah yeah oh, oh do your oh, five best yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. sorry no well, this is yeah, yeah, I thought sorry. it was give me your okay. give so me your my, list. my my list overlaps greatly with both of yours frankly you you have uh, Patton the Godfather and the Godfather Part Two like I just like uh, wow. there there is a strong case to be made that Francis Ford Coppola had the best decade of any director ever in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, certainly, like, I- in the, like, post-1960, mm-hmm. like, end yeah. of Hitchcock-type yeah. era. Uh, I mean, in, in the 1970s, he won an Oscar for Patton. He won an Oscar for uh, The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. He was nominated for an Oscar uh, in the same year as The Godfather Part Two for The Conversation. The conversation, right. Which is <laughs> nominated I mean, for two like, in the I mean, same he, year. Two That's best pictures. Two best pictures in one year. Uh, and, of course, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Uh, it, it, which was not, which was nominated. I, I, I don't think it won. No. Best picture. No, no it didn't. Um, but that's in the 1970s. That's in one decade. He made five four-star mm-hmm. movies that mm-hmm. are legitimately mm-hmm. great, that legitimately hold up today still, that are, you know. And then, and then if you want to throw on top of that, uh, Jack with Robin Williams, but that was a right. few well, years later. Right, well, that's a few years, few years down the road. That's the sad. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, and and now he is, oops, sorry, and now he is the, the greatest uh, uh, winemaker, the greatest yes. vintner yes. in yes. California, which is, I, the Merlot is fantastic. He makes a great uh, uh And then Unforgiven. Which I think is I think is legitimately great. It's Clint Eastwood's best movie uh, as a director, which I think yeah. is is saying something given his career. I'm not a huge Clint Eastwood fan, as we've discussed before, as a director, but this is him at the height of all of his powers. He's just nailing it. Uh, and then No Country for Old Men. How do how have we not mentioned I thought No about Country it. for Old I Men? I thought about it. I. I would be my number five, just okay. uh, just chronologically, but also probably. I'd actually, I'd, I'd say it's number four. Actually, I, I would put Unforgiven slightly below that. Uh, no Country for Old Men is just a. It's a fantastic, really, really it's a great, great movie, movie. Uh, and it. Uh, uh, we'll come back to this a little bit later. I, like I, I have more Caesar thoughts. Better. I have I have more thoughts on that year okay. and No Country okay. for Old Men's win. Thank you, we'll, JVL. JVL. Do you want to do five worst? So we're going to do the worst Best Picture winners ever. And I preface this all by uh, reminding you of a line from the great William Goldman, the screenwriter. He used to write an Oscar predictions column for Premiere Magazine every year. And every year he began his column by saying, this was the worst year in the history of Hollywood, and next year will be even worse. (laughs) And he's basically right. Uh, I mean, not to... Nobody hates like the boomer auteur seventies worship more than I do, but if you look at, for instance, nineteen seventy four, nineteen seventy five, and nineteen seventy six, here is a list of the movies which were nominated for Best Picture: The Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, The Conversation, The Towering Inferno, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Barry Lyndon, Dog Day Afternoon, Jaws, Nashville, All the President's Men, Network, Taxi Driver, and Rocky. Okay. Those are a lot of very, very, very good movies in just three years. Yeah. Uh, things are not like that today. No. Uh, so when I was looking through uh, movies that were just utter travesties as winners, I separated them into a few basic buckets. 
Uh, I had sort of slavery, Holocaust, magical retard movies. Uh, I had important dilet- movies. <laughs> important movies. Uh, I had dilettante directors. So movies directed by actors, essentially, uh, who were getting lots and lots of credit because, you know, look, look, that bear is dancing. Can you believe how great that dancing bear is? This is a callback to a previous episode mm, of right. The Substandard. For and, the uh, Substandard faithful listeners. Yes. And then movies that are just crap. Like, uh, like I don't know, like Return of, the, Return of the King in 2003, which gets a makeup call mm. of an Oscar, right? Yeah. So, so The Fellowship of the Ring is one of the 10 best movies of the last 50 years, probably. Of the 2000s, certainly. Certainly of the 2000s. Of the last half century. It's really, I mean... Comparable right, now, you, to Lawrence of Arabia. You know, some people on this podcast have criticized me for making broad, sweeping judgments about the greatness of art. If you and, are going to talk about great epics... In the history of cinema, you would have... It's an extremely good movie that doesn't have an end. Do you remember what... It has three of them. Do you remember what John Podhort said to you when he was teasing you about your love for Lord of the Rings? He said, oh yeah, and cute talking trees. <laughs> That's enough out of you, Mattis. <sighs> the, follow- the rest of anyway, this, anyway, the rest of this episode will be yeah. discussed in Entish. Yeah. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Which wins over the two towers, Catch Me If You Can, Born Identity, Minority Report, About a Boy, all sorts of other great boys. Maybe so. I, I wanted to boil it down to the five worst Best Picture winners. And you have what I would say. I was I gave a pass to movies which were not good movies, but against whom the competition was terrible. Because mm-hmm. like some years, sure. you know, like it is what it is. You got to pick a winner. Um, so it, let's start with 2005. In 2005, this is essentially the Trump versus Clinton version of the Oscars. Where you have Crash versus Brokeback oh, Mountain yeah. versus Good Night and Good Luck, ah! which are three important liberal movies uh, who essentially split the votes that nobody really likes any of them, and Crash winds up sneaking in. Mm. Uh, has anybody watched Crash? <laughs> I've since 2005. Yes. I've oh, only watched sure. parts. No, no, since 2005. Yeah, no, oh, I mean, no, 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 So this is a movie which won Best Picture, which, so far as I can tell, has never been seen since. <laughs> yeah. um, That's about right. Uh, number four. Dances Wait, what with were, what were the other two nominees that year? Uh, good night and good crash luck. Crash broke back mountain. Hold on, I will was, effort right. that. Right. Uh, Capote, Capote and Munich. Munich. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Number four, Dances with Wolves in 1990, Absolutely. which wins over Goodfellas. As the kids say, "Are you f- kidding me?" And look, I. You know my feelings about Martin, Martin Scorsese, and I think he's bad. entirely overrated. But Goodfellas is a great movie, certainly the best movie of that year. Uh, but it wasn't just that. So here's some other movies that were released in 1990. The Hunt for Red October, oh. Pretty Woman, Misery, Mel Gibson's Hamlet, which our buddy Paul Cantor referred to as Lethal Bodkin. <laughs> That's good. Cinema Paradiso and Reversal of Fortune, which is a great, great movie, great great movie, movie. with mm-hmm. Alan Dershowitz, the great Alan Dershowitz, yeah. rendered uh, yeah, as a character. Yeah. And the, maybe the late... my favorite Jeremy Irons performance outside of the BBC Brideshead Revisited. I was going to say the late Ron Silver played yes. Alan Dershowitz. He did play and course, Ron and, and, and Glenn Close was, um, yeah. And you Sunny. look at you know, Dances with Wolves over that. It's just preposterous. Uh, yeah. Number three it is another been. dilettante award. For Robert Redford and Ordinary People over Ugh. Raging yeah. Bull. Again, yeah. A-Y-F-K-M. Uh, but also, you know, Empire Strikes Back, The Shining, The Elephant Man, The Blue Lagoon, Victorino. <laughs> was released in 1980. That movie I always thought ended when she got pregnant. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it got rescued because I tended to stop the movie. <laughs> I didn't know until decades later 
that that they got rescued. I always yeah, there was a remake with Mia Jovovich. <laughs> why don't you just why don't why you just does, stop? I always talking. got sleepy at the end of that you, movie. Why don't I always felt like I needed Vic, to take should, a nap? Maybe you should just stop talking for a minute. Just let, let's, the lesson let's move was on. don't get pregnant. That was the lesson of Blue Lagoon. Mm. Don't get pregnant; it ends everything. Okay. Number two, American Beauty, which is. Just oh, another oh, yeah. piece of crap movie. What year was that, JVL? 1999. And let me give you some other movies from 1999. The Talented Mr. Ripley, Any oh. Given Sunday, The oh. Thomas Crown Affair, The Insider, Payback, Magnolia, Go, The Matrix, Galaxy Quest, and The Sixth Sense. Every one of those movies, as flawed as some of them even are, is 15 times better than American Beauty. The way Hollywood rallied to that film has always been an utter mystery to me because mm. that movie's a piece of crap. Wasn't it? And there, it's just an utterly, utterly unfair. That was, wasn't it our understanding at the time that this was Hollywood's view of, oh, this is what suburban, America, suburban America, life America, is? America, America, if you're America, a heterosexual you. married person in suburbia, you are unhappy and stupid and a phony. Yeah. And the only good people so wait, I'm sorry. in suburbia, yeah. the gay couple. How those people are living their authentic selves, but everybody else out there in suburbia. Wait, I'm sorry. How how is Hollywood wrong? I don't understand. Yeah. I don't. What's what's your point here? But let's let's. You know, the truth is, all of these are just prologue to the worst. Because the worst, the worst miscarriage of justice ever is <laughs> is so unthinkable. You're reaching back. The year is 1968. There are a number of amazing. Still vital, vibrant movies that are released that year. 2001, A Space Odyssey, by a director named Stanley Kubrick. You've heard of him, Sonny. Uh, refresh me. The Odd Couple. The Producers. Yeah. Has anybody ever heard of The Producers? Pretty funny thing, right? Still has a long shelf life in the culture. People's, you know, like it's a thing. Bullet, maybe the greatest of the Steve McQueen movies. Planet of the Apes, which winds up, you know, it's like, a, I mean, yes, it's schlock sci-fi, but it's schlock sci-fi with something to say. Rosemary's Baby, Night of the Living Dead, Lion in Winter, the original Thomas Crown Affair, and the best picture Oscar goes to? Oliver! Exclamation point. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, could you just run through your list one more time? I, I missed uh, it was <laughs> The five worst. <laughs> yeah. Crash. Dances with Wolves, All right, thank you. Yeah, Ordinary but... People, American Beauty, and Oliver. And these are definitively ranked the five worst okay. best picture winners definitively. ever. Yes. Uh, Vic, would you I've like dropped to... my Vic, microphone. You go first. Okay. Vic, you go first. You raise, a, you raise a very good point, which is uh, the year of American Beauty. If you were to ask me now, looking at that selection and looking back from the year 2017, I would say Thomas Crown. That is a beautifully... Shot movie that is uh, directed by uh, our good friend uh, who did uh, Die Hard. I'm blanking. You know, are we just blanking on this? <laughs> Sonny. I'm sorry. What is, John McTiernan. What's John, John McTiernan. McTiernan. Yeah, John McTiernan. Uh, terrific, uh, terrific uh, performances delivered by Pierce Brosnan, Rene Russo, and the Sunny Bunch of film, Dennis Leary. I don't. Un- I've never understood this. He's been saying this since I interned at the Weekly Standard that in two thousand two. No it is. I've, no I've never I looked think at of Sonny anything like Dennis Leary. Leary. Jimmy Simpson. Are you just Jimmy just Simpson? Because I'm angry. Is yes. That, is yes. That the, yes. Okay. That's right. What about the Insider? The Insider is actually on my like, like my oh. sneaky. What is? Did the you greatest? say that was nineteen ninety nine? Same no? year, nineteen ninety nine. My sneaky Michael Mann favorite movie ever actually is not Heat. It's The Insider. The, well, that's, that's wrong. A, well, it may be wrong because it's You're counterintuitive wrong. thing, but it is a gr- that is a great effing movie. And you know who's great in that movie also is Bruce McGill. 
But he's good in everything. He's good in everything. You've got rights and you've got left. (laughs) Wipe that smirk off your face, as he says or something like that. He's fantastic. Um, The uh, Oliver, I see where you're going with this, which is uh, it's a musical. You think it won because it's a musical? Yes, because all musicals which are nominated for Best Picture win. One, my favorite. I'm not going to say my favorite because that I don't want to be accused of having watched all of her. That may times. not. By the way, um, excuse me. Warning, that may not technically be true. I have not gone through like all 87 Oscars, yeah, but yeah, okay. uh, for our purposes, it's mostly true. Can one of, fact check? Can sort one of, of true. Can one of our listeners please uh, tweet all of the ways in which JBL is wrong to him right now? Thank you. Oliver Reed is great in Oliver, but he's not Oliver. Obviously, with a kid. Uh, uh, but I agree. 1960. I would have. I would have gone with Planet of the Apes. That's mind blowing. Okay, Sonny. Uh, okay. Uh, no J- one denies this. That no, is no. the worst no. best picture winner J- J- uh, ever. Uh, that is, I don't know, Crash. Right at the top of my list is Oliver, exclamation point. I mean, it just it, it's not just... That is an offense to God and nature. I'd I mean, say one more thing, Sonny, before uh, I, I, I add my thought, which was you're, you, one of the things that you mentioned, JVL, is you discount certain films where the, the choices were pretty slim that year. The year you mentioned with Crash, the other nominees, that's pretty slim. I don't know who I would have picked. They're, they seem to be all the same in a liberal way, per se. But anyway. No, no, M- yeah. Munich's not a bad flick. No, that's true. Munich. Oh, Munich, I would have, I would have Munich, gone with Munich. Munich is great. I, I would have gone I, with Munich. Munich almost made my list of uh, uh, oversights. Okay. But it, it didn't quite just because. Uh, okay, so Oliver, Sorry. exclamation point. Uh, I'm going to throw this out there. Gandhi. <laughs> Totally true. Gandhi. You know why? Dilettante. 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 Richard Attenborough directs. Oh my God, he's an actor and he's directing this sweeping epic that nobody has ever, ever watched. And also, since then. Also that year, E.T. Also that year, Tootsie. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, Tootsie it's, is great, yeah, and those and totally those are agree. just those are just movies that, that were made my nominated. short list. That made my short list. Those are just movies that were nominated. The problem with Richard Attenborough, Sonny, is that he later on went on to. Uh, Clone dinosaurs and yes, people well, were murdered. Yes, well, that's true. He did. He did have people uh, are dying. He did. Which, have... by the way, at that moment in the movie, Laura Dern has no idea that anybody has died anywhere else in the park. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's the only. That is literally the yeah. only miscontinuity in the note. entire thing. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, Driving Miss Daisy. Ooh, Driving Miss Daisy. I can, oh, I don't an know about this. An important quote. I mean, really, in the biggest scare quotes I could possibly imagine. Right? Just imagine me with like my whole hand. Doing, sca- I'm literally doing it in the studio. I thought you were grabbing something there. Uh, important movie. Here are other movies that came out that year. Born on the Fourth of July, Dead Poet Society, which is a bit schlocky, still pretty great. Uh, Field of Dreams, which, as we know, uh, is oh, is the oh, greatest beautiful. movie uh, ever made about sports. And My Left Foot, the Daniel Day Lewis yes. uh, movie. So this is another one where just it, yeah. the competition was so much better. I couldn't. I. I. I couldn't, Again, that point. William I couldn't Goldman's believe point. it. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Except that Shakespeare in Love is a pretty good movie. That's doesn't wrong. doesn't deserve oh, no, does not deserve oh to have God. won. Uh, Certainly agree, it does not deserve to have won. But it's still a pretty good movie. It's, it is still a movie that people reach to watch because yeah. it is it is enjoyable. I, for I don't incorrect. understand why Joe Fiennes did not flourish after that movie. Because that, that, that movie, that movie shit. because he decided to do a bunch of bondage flicks with Heather uh, Graham, and oh. that was its own reward. Well, I mean, oh, you, you, okay. he, he didn't he didn't choose poorly. Uh, and then and then Crash, of course, Crash is just a travesty. Uh, I mean, Munich should have Munich is easily the best of that group of movies that was that was nominated, and uh, 
the fact that Crash One remains a stain on you, Hollywood's soul. You mentioned uh, Dead Poets Society, uh, Sonny, and again, he, along with McTiernan, one of my other favorite directors is Peter Weir, and I think he's just very dynamic in almost all the different movies he's done. He had uh, done um, uh, Witness, and he really helped transform. It's not an original thought, but he helped transform. Harris Ford into that kind of a star that you know mm. he can not just action yeah. spot uh, spa, sure. you know, sp- science fiction, and then he did Dead Poets and he made Robin Williams look like a mature yeah. sort of serious right. actor, and he did The Truman Show, yeah, and he did the mm. same thing for Jim Carrey, and then he did um, Master and Commander, right, and same thing with Russell Crowe. Uh, he's a great director, yeah. and I love. Well, he, he doesn't get credit for making Russell Crowe mainstream. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just throwing, sorry. It out. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there as part of the oeuvre. Of well, he Peter was. Weir. He was. Yeah, I mean. Russell Crowe is run. one of the great comic actors of our time, as we saw in Nice in the Nice Guys. Um, all right, all right, let's move on. So go ahead. So Shani, give us the oh. biggest travesties of the last fifty years—the movies okay. that deserved. Just let me. Just let me read them. You can just. I'm just going to read them. No, don't read them. Just, rank them. I'm just going to read them. <laughs> rank them off right now. I right. will not have you read a list without there being numbers in front of them. The oversights uh, of the last fifty years. Taxi Driver, 1976, losing to Rocky. Raging Bull, 1980, losing to Ordinary People. Goodfellas, 1990, losing to Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Gangs of New York, 2002, losing to Chicago. And, of course, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, 2013, losing to 12 Years a Slave. Honorable mention, Silence losing in 2017 to whatever it is it loses to this year. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke list. Joke list. Fair. Those movies were all directed by the greatest man to ever put images on celluloid. Now, to be fair, all of those movies are better than the movies that won that year. I, I would I, w- I would have no I would have no problem making I mean Taxi Driver is better than Rocky, Raging Bull is better than Ordinary fair. People. Agreed. Goodfellas is better than Dances with Wolves. Don't disagree Gangs with New York, that. better with Chicago. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, better than 12 Years a Slave. I, that, that doesn't Oh, let's not. Uh, Careful. We're going to lose our sponsorship. Mm. Careful. All right, five oversights. It might be just as good as 12 Years a Slave. No, it's better. It's, Wolf of Wall Street is better. That was Sonny Bunch. Sonny Bunch. <laughs> Who said that? Said that. I, and I, I remember this is a very uh, minor point that I'm making, and I just want to really... Stick it because I it annoyed. Oh, me that was time. a great movie that should have won. <laughs> that should have won. Best picture as well. <laughs> that wanted in my mind. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I was gonna go someplace else with that, but I'm glad yeah, you used mine. That's good. Yes. That's good. Uh, okay. Anyway, five oversights. Uh, I, I think it, it's not. It's not. And the just, little golden man goes to. It's not. It's not just that the movie itself was. Oh my god. Once you guys get your Missy Peregrine <laughs> fixation hey, out of the way, we can get back, back to the podcast. Put your pants all right? back on. Okay. It's so hot in here. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. I'm please, sorry. please, Sonny, continue. God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your list. Go ahead. Please continue. Okay. Uh, it's important to note that it's not. We're not just talking uh, about a great movie that didn't win necessarily. It's a great movie that lost to something inferior, something unmemorable. Um, uh, you know, in 1976, right, you had Taxi Driver and Network and All the President's Men up against Rocky, and Rocky won, but Rocky itself is a totally reasonable winner, I think. I like Rocky. I, th- I know you don't like it as much. Uh, no, I, I would agree. But I, it's but I, but I, it's original too. But I think it's it's think wrong, it's, but it's not crazy. Right, right. Okay, fine. But but this is but this is you know, the idea the idea here is that it's not necessarily a huge oversight or a huge snub that Taxi Driver lost to Rocky. I, I think we can all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, f- 
another example, There Will Be Blood, which I think is one of the best oh, movies yeah. of the 2000s. I think it's just a, just a monumental, staggering work. But it lost to No Country for Old Men, which I also think is among the best movie of the 2000s, and I also think is a monumental, staggering work in its own regard. It's not, it doesn't have the same sweeping scope as There Will Be Blood, which is the movie about America. It is should be noted, both of those films would have been better had they been directed by Martin Scorsese. Well, of all movies that we have mentioned today would be better if they had been No, I just want to make Martin sure that the listeners understand that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm going to go here uh, in reverse chronological order. Okay, so... No, no, not chronologically. This is what I I'm doing. Actually this rank is what them. I'm doing. I'm not ranking. This make is not it up. ranking. Uh... This this is this was such this was such a stunning oversight that the even the academy itself recognized that it had done something wrong and changed the rules for the best picture uh, uh, number of nominees that they could have in two thousand eight. The Dark Knight is not even nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. Best yeah. it's the best movie of that year by far. It's the only good movie about America in the post nine eleven world. And not even nominated for Best Picture. This was such a glaring and shocking and stunning oversight that the Academy uh, made it so that you could nominate up to, well, for a while it was 10 pictures, and then they changed it to you could nominate up to 10 pictures. But point is, The Dark Knight in 2008, uh, which lost, wasn't even nominated, but which uh, eventually lost to Slumdog Millionaire, which is a fine, I actually like Slumdog Millionaire, but it, 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 it's, it's another one of these movies that nobody has ever watched again. After seeing in the theater, uh, The Insider in 1999 losing to American Beauty, I decided to stay within the confines of what was nominated in 1999 because oh, 1999 okay. is right. largely considered to be one of the best movie years of the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, I think people generally think of it. Uh, you know, it's probably not my favorite movie that year. It's I, I, The Matrix, which won more Oscars than anything else that year, came out in 1999. Uh, you have, uh, they were all technical awards of course but you know um you have uh, the cider house rules god that was a great movie cider <laughs> and people keep going back to that right, over exactly, and over again exa- another kind of liberal uh, Good night, uh no politics we don't sweet, do politics yeah. on this show or something uh, like that. goodfellas 1990 losing to dances with wolves is like probably the most shocking uh snub slash oversight of all time apocalypse now 1979, losing to Kramer versus Kramer. I know there are some Kramer versus Kramer fans I, out there. I like Kramer versus Kramer. No, there Kramer. aren't. Uh, I know John Pot Hortz is a big Kramer versus Kramer fan. Is there singing and dancing? Uh, I don't know, please. Uh, but <laughs> Apocalypse Now is Apocalypse Now is again. We were talking about Francis Ford Coppola earlier. It's the capstone of the greatest decade any director has ever had, and it itself is a fantastic, uh, amazing movie, sweeping scope, kind of epic, uh, whatever. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to, this is going to be maybe a little bit controversial, going all the way back to the, the earliest edges of our time frame. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde losing to In the Heat of the Night. Yeah, you know, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't approach ni- 1967 at all. I just skipped it, but that's an interesting thought. I think that Bonnie and Clyde is kind of the emblematic movie of that kind of new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's the Pauline Kale love fest for the uber-violent uh, uh era setting movie and it lost to again kind of an important movie but uh, does anybody really go back and watch in the heat of the night now 
I don't know. It's, I mean, it's I honestly also don't the know. Category I, of important I, yeah. movie. Very important movie. And it, it's it's great in its own way. Is uh, you know, it, I'll I, watch. I, I'll watch in the heat of the night the TV series with Carol O'Connor. Oh no, this <laughs> is. I would say that more people probably have seen that in the last twenty yeah. years yeah. on yeah. TNT repeats. You yeah. know. Yeah. So anyway, that's my list: The Dark Knight, okay. The Insider, Goodfellas, Apocalypse Now, and Bonnie and Clyde. All good. Yeah. John all good. I would agree with all those. Uh, I, I would say. My overlooked list skews very, very recent um, because those are the movies I feel strongest about. Um, Fellowship of the Ring, which we've already discussed. Yeah. Gosford Park, also from 2001. Gosford Park is great. Gosford Park of, is a great movie. It, 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 it's, totally it's, it's the foundation God, so for good. everything after, like Down Abbey and everything else upstairs. Down, it's, the whole thing. But it's also a great mystery. It's it's fantastic. The Insider, I would have said. Lost Any, in Translation, one of my favorite movies of the last 20 years. I would say anything with Michael Gambon is. Anything with, anything Michael Gambon has appeared in. LA Confidential. Maybe people forget how great that movie is. You have the year for that? The, uh, LA Confidential? Because that, that is a, a great sort of homage this, to film is this noir. Is your actual, actual list, or are you just naming some movies that, that were overlooked? Uh, I'm naming some movies because you were the one who was supposed to create a Sagarin ranking. I was just here to talk about it. It's 90, 97. So I guess 97. it loses to Titanic. Wow. But it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, but the people, the things that were not even nominated... Right. There's this movie, a British gangster movie called Layer Cake. Oh my Have god. Have I ever mentioned that to you? Oh my god. Never. It's it's also has Michael Gambon. Yes. Believe it or not. Yes, um yes. it's fantastic. Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Brown, Rises. a brown Michael Gambon. <laughs> Heat. Do you guys realize Heat was not even nominated for Best Picture? I was gonna ask, is that ninety five? Uh, I think Something so. Like Jurassic that, yeah. Park, kind of a great movie. Yeah. Uh, Inception. Well, Jurassic, Jurassic Park was also the same year as Schindler's List. Yeah, it, so that was like, the I don't great think you year can, for Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Steven Spielberg, again, one of he the was, great years. Like, that I think he was, in, he was in Krakow and still editing at night scenes from Jurassic Park or something. It was insane. You ready for the hottest take ever? All right. Jurassic Park, greater sign, Schindler's List. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I I think this is a totally reasonable thing to argue. Frankly, I boom, mean, that Jurassic, just happened. Jurassic Park is a Jurassic Park is a great pop. It is it's a great it's movie. among the Fun, best great pop movies. It's a, yes, Schindler's List again. It's on a different level. It's, it's on a different art. Level. It's, it's art. It's, it's art. But anyway, Inception and then Boogie Nights. And so these are movies. So, so this is like my list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, seven movies, which I think all of which are total modern classics. Uh, movies that people watch incessantly, with the exception of Layer Cake, which is just a me thing. Um, Except that every time I get somebody to watch Layer Cake, they then agree that it is a modern classic. These things are all modern classics that people come back to over and over again and will be coming back to for 20 years from now. When Jurassic Park was re-released in, in theaters a couple of years ago, it made a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and they didn't even get nominated. And that, to me, is, is it just shows how flawed... And I, I don't even know that I want to blame the Academy members for this, but just how flawed it is to try to pass judgment on art from that close a distance like you do need some space to really I don't, I don't know why that is do you Sonny Victorine I mean do you guys have thoughts as to why it is that it can be so hard to even somebody who is smart Fact and well intentioned Inception was nominated really yeah well alright it would have well, been, been, been a great winner um, uh, so like no, why is it no. hard to why is it so hard to come up well, because with like you, a real a real appraisal of a, of a work of art because that close because the only the only test of of true greatness is time. I mean, you something that lasts, something that sticks with you for more than a month, more than two months, more right. than a year, more than two years. I mean, it feels it's, important it's, it's, at the moment, right? But. I, I mean, there there are times when you can see a movie that is you feel important in the moment, uh, like a Star Wars, right? Like a Star Wars is a kind of a uh, uh, a genre busting. Um, almost like new genre creating 
phenomenon right. that you know is both important uh, for the business and will stick with you uh, artistically because of the great advances, etc. Um, but I, I mean, it's it's just it's how many times have we stepped out of a movie theater and thought, man, that was really great, and then literally never thought about a movie again? Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe the reverse is... Like, I don't know. Did anybody actually walk out of the Cider House rules and think, this is a movie people are going to watch in 20 years? I don't think so. Like, maybe it isn't as hard as... It's like I'm just making it out to be here. Like, now I'm, like, playing devil's advocate with myself. But uh, I don't know. Victorino? I was, I was going to say, I was surprised you didn't mention The English Patient as a winner that should not have been a winner. Um, I mean, instead uh, that year, I would have gone with Fargo. Oh yeah, yeah. best picture. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, one example for for instance of a movie that grows on repeated viewings is, of course, Heat. Oh. Heat, I yeah. think, is Heat is a Heat is a movie that you that if the first time you see it, you love it. The with the shootouts and the kind of choppy noirish dialogue and the bleached I colors mean, and the great and the great performances and you, you know. But it's it's second and third time when you're not really trying to piece together the plot uh, that they're pulling off as it's happening. That you're not really worried about like the ins and outs and the TikTok of the the heists. It's where you can just kind of sit back and luxuriate in the um, the relationship struggles, right? Like this is a movie about men trying to find their place in the world, and I don't think that becomes entirely clear. Uh, at least it didn't for me. And granted, I was a little bit younger than you guys. So, like, it, it, it is a movie that has, I as I have matured and grown and aged, it is a movie that has grown with me. And I I see, you know, uh, uh, Dennis Haysbert kind of uh, yeah. it's struggling to get out of the life and realizing that the world is cruel. And so there's no reason to play by its rules. He, he would have been better off. And that's why I'm making podcasting. Pan- he would have been better off making pancakes. Yeah, no. I mean, the lesson is though? would he have though? But he would wouldn't he? He would not have. He would not have been better off. He'd better off dead. No, he would have been better standing by his woman. This is, I mean, the lesson of it. The, the one guy who stands right. by his woman is Chris. Yeah, and he's the one who who survives. Yeah. Everybody else who who abandons their woman and breaks faith with with their woman dies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've been at this for about two hours. I think we should probably. I had some other thoughts, and then I just blanked on it just now. I should have wrote it, wrote, written it down. Um, I think it's time to move on yeah. to uh, Spirit of the Week. Spirit of the Week. Uh, Jonathan, two in a row. I, I'm, look, this is medicine. I'm this drinking my Shuffer Huffer because i got to stay strong. Uh, it's German-imported, half Hefeweizen, half grapefruit, all amazing. Go go treat yourself to some Shuffer Huffer. It, makes, it gives you the craft. It makes you stark. Okay, uh, Sonny and I are drinking a Booker's Bourbon, courtesy of our friend Daniel Halper. Oh, the the uh, the I believe he's now known the, as the Dean of the White House Correspondence. Yeah, the Association, the 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 New York Post's uh, White House Correspondent. Uh, I will also give a special, if I can, shout out to Han Winery H A H N. These people actually sent me some nice bottles of wine. Oh, uh, they did, and they're out in Monterey. Why didn't you bring them in? I thought it would be kind of weird to have wine on the, in the studio. What? You don't think so? I no, got a couple other week. bottles. You we'll bring get them some next those. week. Okay, great. Uh, Monterey County, California, um, and uh, we had a, uh, we just had the 2014 Chardonnay last night, so it was delicious. Hints of pear, pineapple, vanilla. Check it out, hanwines.com. That's H-A-H-N. Uh, on to corrections. 
Um, I have one, which is our longtime listener, Ann Cottonetti, uh, says that I was right about Sandra Bullock. She is, in fact, from Virginia. Uh, she uh, was born in Arlington and actually went to high school at Washington and Lee down the road from me. There you go. I have a second note from Ann Cottonetti. Uh, raising the possibility that patient zero in the Frankenfood epidemic could be the McGriddle. Yeah. Yes. That is very interesting because I actually was thinking about this. Does stuffed crust pizza really count as Frankenfood? And I don't think so. I don't think cheese stuffed crust counts because you know what? Cheese is part of the pizza anyway. All you're doing is rolling into the crust. When you do the Frank Franken Wiener, remember the hot dog pizza? Yeah. That's Frankenfood. <laughs> yeah, but the McGriddle really does start mixing up things that aren't intended it is. to you're be. You're also, it's one thing to handle fried chicken, but we don't actually handle pancakes with our hands. Except that they're not even real pancakes, right? So they're like, they're like what are they? They're like half flavored, pancake. Yes. Right, no, they're pancake flavored bread products. I've never toast hybrid. I've never had a McGriddle, so I, I, did. I just kind of refuse to. It's sweet. Uh, it's sweet, but I don't feel like it's it's right. I, I stick with the basics, the sausage McMuffin. Time loop movies. My wife says Prisoner of Azkaban, actually. Yes, uh, there Potter, is. Man start, because the, the character, Hermione Granger, who's played by Emma Watson, uh, she uses a time turn. Vic, do you remember that film? Uh, she uses a time turner. She's got I, it sort of. I just passed out. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and the other, <laughs> the other great correction is I said the royal gases. You know, I do have a degree from Johns Hopkins in molecular biology. It's actually the noble gases. It's like I never even went to college. Let me ask uh, you this. Are there royal gases? Uh, just, it, I'm just a moron. Okay. By the way, this is why I didn't get into medical school and why I'm sitting here with you guys. Hey, congrats. Yeah. Oh, the big news. Zima is back. Yes. Woo! I'm look, hoping. I'm going to look Woo! for it. I'm going to look for it uh, in my supermarket. Whenever Zima is actually back oh, on shelves, we should all yeah, just... We are we'll, finishing we'll, a six-pack. Yeah, we'll just we'll just chug them. We're finishing a six-pack, and we're going to listen to some Third have, Eye Blind. Do they, have Z, do they have 40s of Zima? Can I get oh, a 40 Toad the Wet Sprocket. That, oh, Toad the Wet oh Sprocket. Yes. Okay. The cranberry. For full. some of us, it never left. The Verve or the Verve Pipe? What's happening? Those the are verve. both. Oh. Those are both things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that is all the time we're giving you for this episode. Whew. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victor, Victory and Amatis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in substandard under podcast. We are there. Leave a review and tell your friends. Spread the word. Uh, and don't forget, substandard show notes will be on Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Until next time. Was that longer than Rogue One? Yeah, that was longer than anything we've ever done. <laughs> no, it's uh, not that long. We're only, at, about like an hour. Hour. We're only at an hour right now. Minus We're eight fine. minutes is about We're a fine. We're fine. We're fine. I'm Rogue expecting, went, went I'm expecting John to send me a series of angry tweets about how great Oliver actually was. <laughs> can I have some more, please? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, please, sir. Uh, please, sir. Oh, see, Sonny even knows it better than more? I do. Yeah. Um, uh, I lived in England, and we had we did we actually did a musical rendition of Oliver. Ah, were you I Oliver? Would, I would, no, oh God, no, Are no. You, I was you like were the a, artful I dodger. Would, no, 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 no. I was like, so this is like a, a class of like two hundred kids. So it was like I was like the kid holding the milk bottle as like the <laughs> the milkmen went around. Like it was, I had I don't think I had a line. This is such a touching revelation here. You never know what to expect at the substandard. Here we learn that Sunny Bunch was in a production of Oliver. Yeah. 
There's a reason I hate that movie. Just, uh, I always thought, you know, they had the song Food Glorious Food. I always thought it was Cheese Glorious Cheese because I only learned it from the commercials Come in the on, 80s. I remember that. Right up there with the incredible edible egg. Oh, boy. I saw Oliver after having seen the cheese commercials as a kid. And so I was utterly confused about this song because I was like, happening? why are they using the cheese jingle with different words? That's weird. And the dining room table suddenly turns into the table at Hogwarts. You notice this? It's just all the food. All the food. It all there. comes back to Emma Watson, doesn't it? Boy, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went, uh, yes. went, it went on a pretty long time, but, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. 